0: Old Testament reading for today, the fourth Sunday in Advent, is from the second book of Samuel, the seventh chapter, beginning in the first verse. Now when the king lived in his house, and the Lord had given him rest from all his surrounding enemies, the king said to Nathan the prophet, see now, I dwell in a house of cedar, but the ark of God dwells in a tent. And Nathan said to the king, go. Go. Do all that is in your heart, for the Lord is with you. But that same night, the word of the Lord came to Nathan. Go and tell my servant David, thus says the Lord, Would you build me a house to dwell in? I have not lived in a house since the day I brought up the people of Israel from Egypt to this day. But I have been moving about in a tent for my dwelling. In all places where I have moved with all the people of Israel... Did I speak a word with any of the judges of Israel, whom I commanded to shepherd my people Israel, saying, Why have you not built me a house of cedar? Now therefore, thus, you shall say to my servant David, Thus says the Lord of hosts, I took you from the pasture, from following the sheep, that you should be prince over my people Israel. And I have been with you wherever you went, and have cut off all your enemies from before you. That the Lord will make you a house. Continuing on the 16th verse. And your house and your kingdom shall be made sure forever before me. Your throne shall be established forever. This is the word of the Lord.
1: Thanks 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 be be to to God. God.
0: The epistle is from Paul's letter to the Romans, the 16th chapter, beginning of the 25th verse. Thanks be to God.
1: Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. I found a statistic that said that uh, 6.5 billion greeting cards were purchased this last year. In that same statistic, it showed that people sent out 3 billion cards this last year. I'm wondering what happened to the other 3.5 billion cards that were purchased and not sent. The same website, maybe not surprisingly, said that the most popular days for sending cards are birthdays, Valentine's Day, and you guessed it, Christmas. We send cards to express our love, to send good wishes, to Join somebody in celebrating some milestone or some great achievement. And some cards are sweet, some are humorous, some I'm not so sure about. I saw one card online and on the cover it said, you only get to be young once. And then you click and open it up and inside in bold letters it said, your turn is over. (laughs) So I'm not sure how I would take that greeting. Today's Gospel reading is uh, called the Annunciation. That is the celebration of uh, the angel Gabriel coming to Mary and announcing to her that she is going to bear the savior of the world. It's the announcement that the second person of the Trinity is going to take on human flesh and be uh, conceived in the womb of this young girl, most likely 14, 15, 16 years old this girl named Mary. And God didn't send a greeting card. He sent an angel, Gabriel. Gabriel sometimes is referred to in Jewish literature as an archangel. It doesn't specifically say this in the Bible that he is an archangel. In fact, the word archangel only appears once in the entire New Testament, and that's in reference to the archangel Michael. But it's possible That Gabriel is an archangel. At any rate, he is a being that is uh, kind of a frightening thing. And you see that most often when angels appear in in the scriptures, people are afraid. (laughs) It's not just the the cute cherub and that kind of thing. If you look at your your bulletin cover, and we're going to refer to it a couple of times here, uh, this angel doesn't look very frightening. But uh, I imagine that Gabriel was a pretty impressive being. Gabriel appears elsewhere, of course, in the New Testament. He is the same angel that is sent six months earlier to announce to Zechariah that Zechariah and Elizabeth are going to have a son. And, of course, you remember how that works out for Zechariah. He doesn't believe the angel uh, because they're so old and they've been barren all these years. And uh, so... Zechariah ends up being mute until the birth of John the Baptist. Now this same angel appears to young Mary who is betrothed. And that word is a special word. Uh, it's not just like our engagement today, but it's kind of a, legally, a legal binding together of two people. She is betrothed to a man named Joseph Joseph. And this angel appears and says, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. And Mary's not sure how to take that greeting. Luke says she was greatly troubled. Now we have to understand that Luke, when he writes his gospel, he is this physician. He does a lot of research to write his gospel. And it's likely that he interviewed Mary. Tell me about it, tell me about the birth, tell me about that angel coming. And so these are Mary's remembrances that uh, we're hearing here in Luke. But uh, when Luke says that she was greatly troubled, he's trying to put into words what she's describing to him. Uh, This word diaterasso in Greek is only used once uh, uh, in the entire New Testament here. And it means to be confused, to be greatly perplexed. And so we translate it as greatly troubled. And I think that it would have to also have in it this element of fear, not understanding what's going on exactly. Now I said we were going to refer to the the bulletin cover here. You can see that it's a painting. There are a good many paintings Uh, down through time, of the Annunciation. If you Google it, you know, images of the Annunciation, you'll see all kinds. And you'll see uh, different kinds of scenes, different-looking angels, different-looking Marys, that kind of thing. Uh, Our bulletin cover is an 18th century painting by the French painter Jean Raoult. The Hollenbecks aren't here to check me on that. But I think that's how you would pronounce it, Jean-Raoult. And uh, he depicts this angel Gabriel speaking to Mary who appears to listen. Uh, maybe, maybe this is near the end of the conversation and she is uh, humbly accepting the word of God. You'll notice hovering above is a dove signifying the Holy Spirit who is coming down, going to come down uh, Upon Mary, uh, and then she is going to conceive the child who will be called Jesus. And here in this painting, uh, again, I think that he's portraying her submissive uh, submission to the will of God. In some other paintings, if you look at them, you'll see in her face that she is greatly troubled. And why wouldn't she be? <laughs> After all, she is legally bound to marry Joseph. She is betrothed to him. And I'm sure that she is excited about her upcoming wedding. Uh, she probably has the date picked out. Maybe the save the dates are ready to go into the mail. Uh, she's already maybe shopped for her dress made arrangements with the caterer, perhaps even booked the photographer. Well, you get the idea. She, she had plans. She could see what her life was going to be like. She could almost taste it. Just like a lot of other girls before her. Except that other young girls didn't have an angel appear suddenly to them and tell them that their life would be turned upside down. She knows what this means for her. She knows the shame that it will bring to her, to her family, she probably doesn't have any idea what Joseph will do. So I think she shows remarkable, maybe miraculous restraint and demonstrates great faith as she hears this news from Gabriel. And maybe she wonders at this phrase that Gabriel uses, favored one, I'm not sure this is a favor, that's being shown to her, Um, but she is called the favored one. She might wonder, how how have I found favor with God? What have I done to uh, merit God's favor? But from this point, her, her life takes a right turn. A different path. Surely one filled with wonder, but with heartache as well. And we notice what's missing here in Gabriel's message uh, that Mary will hear later on about the sword that will pierce her soul also as she watches her son be mistreated, mocked, laughed at, and put to death. A shameful, dishonorable, torturous death at the hands of the Romans. Now if you look again at the painting you'll see that Gabriel is holding something. He's bringing something. Uh, it looks like he's bringing something to Mary, uh, bringing her flowers. And I don't think that's uh, meant to soften the blow of what he's telling her. Uh, she's, he's bringing a lily, a white lily. And if you look at other paintings, you'll see this lily in those paintings, many of them as well, not in all of them. But that white lily represents Mary's Purity. So that this would be a Catholic teaching, because of course the Catholic Church believes that Mary is sinless, uh, and that this is why she is uh, favored by God. Um, Of course, we know that she isn't sinless. She's just a young girl, like any other young girl there in Nazareth. Uh, But that's what that white lily is about. She's not favored because she is sinless or more pure or anything like that. She is favored uh, not because she has earned it or won it, but simply because God deigns to favor her. She is chosen by God to bear the Christ child. He bestows his favor on her. And this is what has happened to us too. It's the same thing. We don't merit God's grace. We don't merit his forgiveness, his love, any of it. But we are favored by God because he deigns to give it to us, to grant forgiveness for our sins, to give his son to die for us. We, just like Mary, are favored by God. We mentioned the Holy Spirit hovering up there in the painting. Hovering is something that we've heard before about the Holy Spirit, right? In the very beginning, the Spirit of God is hovering over the waters, and then God creates the earth and the heavens and fills them with life, creates everything. Now he overshadows Mary... And the one who will redeem all of fallen creation is conceived in her. And as the Son of God is conceived in Mary, she is linked, linked in some sense to Mount Sinai. Mount Sinai where God came down to meet with Moses and the leaders of Israel. To meet with the people there on the mountain and to give the law. And I say Mary is linked with, that, with Mount Sinai because here in Mary God comes down to be with people. To meet with people again. And to fulfill in every sense that law that was given at Sinai. And there are other connections we can make too. As the Son of God is conceived in Mary, she is linked with the Ark of the Covenant. The Ark of the Covenant that had the mercy seat on the top and we could say linked with the temple also uh, where the presence of God dwelt. There above the Ark in the Holy of Holies in the temple, in the tabernacle. Um, Mary is often... Uh, linked with the tabernacle and the temple and the ark for this reason. Because the very presence of God is within her and has come to shed his blood, the blood that was ceremonially sprinkled on the ark of the covenant on the day of atonement to forgive the sins of the people, to make atonement for the sins. Well, Mary is bearing the very lamb of God that will be sacrificed, that will shed that blood. They will atone for our sins. Mary responds to the angel in humble obedience. And the Holy Spirit overshadows her and a new creation begins. A new covenant, a new world. Mary here uh, with this annunciation experiences something really unearthly. And you can see it there in the painting. The the artist tries to depict this. You see the light shining down from heaven. You know, there's not just light coming from anywhere. The light is coming from heaven as the heavens open and the Holy Spirit descends. An unearthly messenger speaks to her and says, don't be afraid. And maybe you've experienced some sort of event that's left you afraid. Maybe, maybe sometimes something that seemed unearthly. Maybe it's a, a shooting star or um, maybe the birth of a child or, or something else that, that just is outside of our normal experience. And maybe it, you know, maybe it gave you goosebumps, maybe it left you tingling, just something outside, unearthly. But I'm sure that none of the, these events for us. These unearthly events could hold a candle to the appearance of an angel like Gabriel as Mary just going about her business, looking forward to her life coming, has an angel appear to her, this angel Gabriel. That would really be an, un- an unearthly event. And, and I use that word unearthly because God's salvation is unearthly. When Christ died, the world was watching what seemed to be just uh, another ordinary death sentence carried out by the Romans. An ordinary man crucified on a hill outside the city, like many had been crucified before him. At least he seemed to be ordinary until the sun went dark, till the sun stopped shining that day And the man, this one, uh, forgave those who were wrongfully putting him to death. Oh, and then there was the earthquake and the, the rocks that split open. Yeah, and well, the way the temple curtain tore in two from top to bottom. And then there were the tombs that opened up and the people came into the city. So I guess those were kind of indicators that this wasn't just another earthly event. But there was nothing visibly, unearthly about Jesus. To our eyes and senses, he was just a man born like any one of us, but though he looked like just any other man, he was in fact and in flesh the man, the sin bearer sent from outside this world, sent from God the Father above sent to redeem us. God's salvation is unearthly because it came to us from outside this world. It had to come from outside the world. It had to come from outside of us. We like to pride ourselves on our accomplishments, on our abilities to handle things, handle problems that might come up but we're not able to handle this situation in which we find ourselves. We're dead in our sins and our trespasses. We're unable to save ourselves, unable and unwilling to resist the temptations of the devil and even our own flesh. We're unable to make amends for our wrongs, and we know that the wages of that sin is death. There's no greeting card no, I'm sorry that we can send to God the Father to kind of smooth things over and, and make things right again between us and God. But instead, God sends His greeting to us. He sends His scriptures. And if we treat it like a card, we open it up and we find there uh, on, the, on the cover, uh, at the top, we read and it says, um, Guess what? You're dead. And we open the card up, and inside at the top, we read, And I've done something about that. And there in pictures, we see the cross, and we see the empty tomb, and we see Christ standing there, his arms open wide to us, and his eyes laughing. And that's the card that we will cherish all our lives, all our earthly lives, right? and on into the future. And it's a card that we are reading again today. I saw one greeting card online that had this beautiful supernova kind of thing on the cover. Really interesting. Beautiful picture. And the caption said secrets of the universe partially revealed. I clicked on it to open it up and see and I'm, I'm thinking wow this this could be really something kind of profound or maybe dazzling or, or at least cool. I opened it up and it was blank. There was nothing inside. Nothing there. Thank God that his greeting is not empty. His, his greeting is not blank. It's quite profound. And it's way better than cool. Behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great, and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. This child conceived in Mary is going to be the one long looked for, the hope of the human race, the Messiah of God. And every expectant mother in Israel was hoping and praying that their child would be the Christ. And Paul says that in this one, in Jesus, in Mary's son, is the revelation of the mystery that was kept secret for long ages but has now been disclosed. You want to see the secrets of the universe revealed, you look to Jesus. Because that mystery is that God loves us poor sinners so much that he would send his son to be born of a virgin girl named Mary born to stand in for us, born to suffer and to die in payment for our sins, to rise from the dead three days later, that we might be forgiven, that we might receive the gift of eternal life. This is how God has expressed his love for us. Not in a greeting card, but he's done something for us, done something about our being dead in our trespasses and sins. And it began with the angel Gabriel being sent to earth with a greeting to a young girl named Mary. And then Mary says, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. In the name of Jesus, amen. Now the peace of God which passes all understanding will keep our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. We present our gifts and offerings to the Lord.